So, so you think you can tell heaven from hell, blue skies from pain. Can you tell a green field from a cold steel rail, a smile from a veil? Do you think you can tell? That's a classic, man. <laughs> there you go. So Nico, thank you, me. man. I don't think yeah. anybody's done that one. I think they did no? a classic Pink Floyd. What about, yeah, what other Pink Floyds? Uh, obviously I'm Brick. Okay. You know what Another I mean? Brick in the Wall. Uh, yeah. Wish You Were Here. Yeah. Right, like they'll they'll do like they'll do a, a few other ones, but uh, that was actually nice. That was good. Oh, thank you. Welcome, welcome yeah. to the show, man. Nice to uh, nice to be here. Nice to see you because I haven't seen you, I guess, since uh, maybe the job site, right? Like when you just got started. Yeah, this was like before I got started, actually. Like yeah, because you were deciding on what you wanted to do, right? Yeah. How I old was, do you know? So I'm 25 right now. This was about six years ago, I believe. Yeah, I would I say like you. 18, 19, like 17, 18, around yeah. there, right? Uh, yeah, I would have been like 1920, just about to get into the the actual trade, right? Yeah. At the time I I met you, I was doing a pre apprenticeship program actually. Okay. So, I mean, you're connected. You know my dad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Many years. And so and your dad um, asked me, "Is exactly. there a way that you know Nico can get on the job site?" I was like, "Of course, you can come on the job yeah, site and yeah. shadow anybody, just right? To get some hands-on experience, yeah. right, and see what it's really like out there on the job site." I mean, uh, and and it was a great experience. Yeah, I'm really grateful for that. So I appreciate. Yeah, no, thank no, you. Thank I paired you, you up with Barry, you know. Barry Hopkins, Barry, yeah, he's which he's back guy. in Ireland now, yes. and and obviously you got the Irish uh, crash course of uh, electrical training, but mm-hmm. yeah, Barry's a gentleman, and and totally I've got I don't have a negative yeah. thing to say about him, and Absolutely, and he's doing really yeah. well, and and you got to hang out with him, right? Yeah, which Barry great. Barry was a great guy, yeah. and uh, yeah, I just remember him being very nice, and you know he taught me a few things. He taught me you know how to use a broom, you know basic uh, sparky <laughs> things, which I quickly forgot how to do, but. Uh, you know, that's another story. So <laughs> that's a whole rivalry. Besides the point. <laughs> BS kind of bullshit. But yeah, that's yeah. that's what I was itching to get you in the show because you literally have gone through. I don't know what I want to do with my life. I'm thinking yeah. I want to be this trade and then the pre-apprentice and then become an apprentice and then get on a crew and start working with people. Yes. And now you're fully licensed, which is absolutely yeah. amazing, right? It's been, it's been a journey. That's yeah, which is sure. good. That's why that's they call great. them the journey. The journey, journey right? yeah. So let yeah. me let me do the quick shout out. I mean, to reach you uh, on IG is at Nico, L-A-B-B-E underscore, which is mostly about skateboarding. Yeah, you know, I have a lot of skateboarding content on there, so it's not a lot of sparky stuff. But uh, keep it about skateboarding, man. Just you know, you're welcome to hit me up on IG and just check it out. And then let me do a quick shout out to um, Adam Gordon's uh, T-shirt. I'm wearing his, which is Aurelia Group, a plumber. Um, And it just by chance, I just chose it. I'm not trying to create another rivalry between plumbers (laughs) and electricians and shit like that. I'll wear every trade's jersey or T-shirt or hoodie or whatever. So quick shout out there. Unleash your voice on the construction. podcast community are you passionate about the world of construction trades and all things building related the construction life podcast wants to hear from you leave us a review share your thoughts insights and experiences on your favorite podcast channel your review fuels our mission to create engaging and informative content for the construction community your feedback is the mortar that holds our podcast together share your thoughts rate us and let the construction community know why the construction life is your go-to podcast Visit our website and check out the nearly 500 tradespeople and construction professionals listed on the site. Connect with all of them. 
Check us out at www.theconstructionlife.com for additional content, behind-the-scenes exclusives, and valuable resources. Dive deeper into the construction world with articles, guest profiles, and more. Follow us on Instagram at TCL underscore The Construction Life. Follow us on TikTok under the same handle and tweet us at TCL Construction. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, check out our link tree, and find exclusive discounts for listeners. Link is in the IG bio. Join the conversation on Facebook, the Construction Life community. And now over to you, man. Okay. So where do we want to begin? Uh, we could why, start why, why from the beginning. Why did you choose electrical? Yeah. yeah, so it's a good question. What was on the, okay, so what's on, what was on the table back when you were 19 years old? Like, what were you looking at? Because your dad's oh, a man. building consultant. Yes. Like, sustainability. Yes. And yeah. he's taught me a, Energy efficiency a, a lot, homes. right? And now yeah. he's teaching it, which is great. Right, yeah. And so... You get into electrical. Yeah. It's a little <laughs> bit different. I mean, uh, yeah, we're the ones making all the holes in the wall <laughs> in the building envelope. So uh, he's taught me. He's taught me well. But yeah, so starting way back, I mean, when I got out of high school, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I was one of those kids that was a little bit uh, confused. Um, Did your parents kind of not pressure but suggest that maybe this is a path this is a suggestion where there's yeah. a lot of options on the table they suggested it was always an option you know i have two uncles you know my dad's yeah, family he was he, telling he's a family me, yeah. of 10 so yeah. he's got there's a lot of trades people in his family yeah they're all from windsor and he's i've got two uncles that are uh, both electricians and i have my grandfather who's also an electrician he worked for the gm plant in windsor oh uh, so back in the day, he's got a lot of interesting stories about the old tools he used, okay. everything, you know, by hand. But, um, yeah, so, so they were definitely a bit of an influence. Uh, I knew that I liked working with my hands. I was definitely not the, I'm not the kind of person that would enjoy a desk job. You know, I think, I think a lot of, uh, trades people can relate to that, but it's funny. Here I am sitting at a desk. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you miss it? Do you miss? I totally miss field? it when yeah. I start getting into conversations with every trade and they start telling me about all the good, amazing little things that they're learning and the jobs that they worked yeah, on. And yeah. I, that's when I miss it. I definitely don't miss it when they start talking about, I didn't get paid and I all got screwed drama. over <laughs> and clients are doing this and that. Absolutely. I'm like, I don't miss it then. But yeah, no, it's good that we're having a conversation over desk instead of just being at a desk in a cubicle right yeah we're sure. none of us are like that right yeah no i mean and you know if i were to work in any office this, <laughs> this is a nice one this is a very sweet office but uh yeah so i took a year off actually so about the skateboarding i used to skateboard a lot i actually had a few sponsors i got you know to travel around the world competitions i went to south korea wow. uh, mexico earlier this year actually this was all for skateboarding um, so I took a year off to do that, focus on skateboarding. Um, and it, it is really hard to make a career out of skateboarding. But I, uh, so, so after that year off, I, uh, you know, I had some good times. And then I, I said, okay, so I got to buckle down. I got to figure out what I want to do. Um, there was this OYAP program yep. that was an option. And uh I knew that I liked working with my hands. I'm pretty mechanically inclined. So, you know, I like problem solving, that kind of stuff. And uh, I decided to go into electrical. I think electrical appealed to me because it was one of the trades I knew the least about, if that makes sense. I felt like 
there was the most like there More was a lot learn. of unknowns and there was a lot that I could learn okay. from electrical. Okay. And I, th- I'm not shitting on any no, of that. No, 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 no. It makes sense. <laughs> it's only you, you saw to it me? as more of a challenge. Like, I'm going to see what I can embrace in there, right? Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, I did the year of OEAP, so Ontario Youth Apprenticeship Program. Uh, How was that? Was that a good experience? Yeah, it was a great experience. Okay. I had two amazing teachers, Mr. Han and Mr. Stavoli. Um, Wait, Hank, did you just say Mr. Han and Mr. Spicoli? Stavoli. No. You know how close Spicoli. that is to Fast Times at Richmond High? <laughs> yeah. Mr. Han and I Mr. Spicoli. Wow, that's pretty close. Okay. All right. No, Mr. Spicoli didn't smoke near Your dad's near totally going to get that. Uh, he's going to get that right. If you've seen it as well, Fast Times at Richmond I've High. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. It's a great Sean Penn, great Mr. Han, and the yeah. pizza. And, yeah, okay. Absolutely. All right. And we're back on track. So, yeah. Uh, so that was a great experience. You know, I got an understanding of you know how to basic understanding of how to wire a house you know some basic electrical things right and then uh once i got a job so the nice thing about oyap is they actually they get you a co-op after they connect school. you and that's not every pre-apprenticeship program okay. like the colleges don't do that no um a lot of the private uh, pre-apprenticeship programs don't do that either so I got lucky. I got to go uh, on a co-op. Uh, got that experience on the job. It was amazing. I started off doing custom homes, like residential. They did a little bit of commercial too. Was it a small family-owned kind of business? It was a smaller business. Okay. There was maybe, you know, like seven, eight employees. Okay. Um, yeah, but they did big homes. It was very eye-opening for me, like working on these mass, like, Literally mansions. Like, like 10,000 square feet kind of thing? Oh, yeah. And, wow. you know, elevators in the house, like tennis So you were tinkering with all kinds of electrical components, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, well, I mean, that being said, as an apprentice, you know. You see it, but don't touch it. Green apprentice, I see it. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I'm not touching it and wiring things up just yet. But that was a great experience. After that, I moved on to uh, the commercial side things. So. That's where I'm at right now. I do commercial, more uh, high-rise kind of buildings. You know, that's where all the work is. Every at. floor, kind of. Yeah, there's the same, there's that. The so you know, you do your time as an apprentice for yeah. sure. Like every floor, you can it can be repetitive, um, and you can be stuck doing you know plugs and switches for a lights. very long time. For a very long time. Well, it feels like you a know, very long 50 time. Fifty plus floors. Some of these high-rise buildings are just massive right but uh yeah you can get stuck there i i was lucky i didn't yeah i didn't uh i got moved around uh quite a bit so that was nice i got to experience you know a little bit of what goes on in the suites but there's a lot more to just the suites you know and in the condos there's all the parking levels you know you got all sorts of mechanical rooms you know the boiler rooms on the roof um you have massive electrical rooms you know big power that you're working with lots of gray boxes so yeah lots of gray boxes for yeah, sure okay. <laughs> but uh yeah so i mean i'm enjoying it like that's uh where i'm at right now doing the high rise i was the stuff. whole okay so then you went from the pre-apprentice apprentice journey license yeah. how was the back half of that how was the journey and how was the the getting the license and finalizing your tests and getting to that stage there uh yeah, so was like, it easy for you? Did it come simply? Uh, yeah, I mean, there were definitely some challenges. You know, uh, 
when you start start off, it's uh, it the trade can be a little bit different than what you expected sometimes. What's um, the first thing that pops in your head about what you expected and what is reality? <laughs> I would say the first thing that pops into my head was, uh, you know, just the the people that you're working with, some there can be some bad apples out there. There's bad apples in every single industry. There can be some bad apples. Yeah. There's it is in every industry, but I think especially in construction, those bad apples can give a bad rep. Are they like bad apples industry, referring right? to razzing the new guys and girls coming yeah, in? Yeah, absolutely. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Where they just yeah. want to treat them like shit because maybe they were treated like shit yeah, coming in? Yeah, putting people down, getting them to, you know, do work that they don't need to do you yeah know, stupid things move this right? 15 times yeah and you don't need to right? yeah right so uh, that kind of stuff you know i had a old school foreman this old russian guy i worked with um and he every day at the end of the day he would have someone to yell at it was like <laughs> non-stop right so he chose somebody during the he day he just chose someone i, I swear it was <laughs> random because like you know i was a I would say I was a pretty diligent worker. You know, I would do, I started off doing the basics, right? So I did, was doing plugs and switches, uh, you know, for a solid few months there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I think I was, I was producing enough, you know, I was, I was getting my work done, but he would tear into me as well. Like anybody. Wow. Um, just about anything. Just, yeah, just about anything. Okay. Um, you know, you know how, you know, you got deadlines to meet. Of course, of course. The, these foremans are under a bit of pressure, so they just let it go on the apprentices. But he was an old school guy. Yeah, this guy strong, got lots of strong Russian accent. Oh yeah, oh, thick, okay. hard. So to it just understand. made it that much more intimidating, right? <laughs> exactly. Like he would try to explain something to you, and you'd be like, "So, so." I'm in a John Wick movie like, right now, man. Leave me uh, alone. <laughs> yeah. I got to ask him like five times, like, what, what did you say? Yeah. Um, Which just infuriates him even further, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. You should be listening yeah. to every word I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, I get it. But it was it was tough love. You know, he, as much as, you know, I can say he was a bit of an asshole at times, he uh, he was a good guy. Too. But he, he educated like, you. He educated us. He liked to, you know, mess around with us, have fun. You know, he would buy us all pizzas on Fridays before the long, good. long holiday. Or long weekend, um, yeah. So he was a good guy. Definitely respected his his uh, workers, and uh, he I I respect him because he let me do a little bit of everything. He definitely moved me around. He didn't keep me in one spot. Okay. Um. So th I I really appreciate that. But how many new yeah. electricians were on the site with you? Oh, like brand you were, new. Like yeah, brand new. You weren't the only one. Were no, you? no. Introducing Alt Labor Solutions, the game changer for contractors and laborers. Are you a contractor needing skilled labor or have labor in need of a quick shift? Are you a contractor needing skilled labor or have labor in need of a quick shift? Or how about buy, sell, or rent tools, material, and equipment? Connect effortlessly with contractors and find the resources hassle-free through Alt Labor's online platform. Post job listings with project details and choose the right person for the job. Alt Labor Solutions revolutionizes the labor industry with a user-friendly interface, secure payments, and a supportive team. Visit them at altlaborsolutions.com and start connecting with other contractors today. Um, the site that I started at with with uh, this foreman, actually, it was it was pretty crazy. We had a crew at one point 
we must have had like 20 apprentices. Oh. This so I'll just some backs back uh, some context. There were three buildings going up here. So three high-rise buildings. So lots of work. Um, we had a big crew, about 20 apprentices. For those 20 apprentices, we had maybe uh, four licensed electricians. To guide you. licensed electricians. Yeah. And which is completely like, yeah. it's not right. It's because, not going to work. Uh, yeah. So I don't, I don't know if you know about this, but the ratio of um, apprentices to electricians uh, used to be one to one. So one apprentice for every one journeyman yep. electrician. And then they changed it recently. And then they changed it recently because yeah. they couldn't keep up with all the new apprentices entering the workforce, right? And uh, it, it was a big problem because uh, these apprentices weren't getting registered right away, meaning that their whole apprenticeship was delayed. I was working with guys that were like in their eighth year as an apprentice. And they were, you know, they should have been licensed years ago. The The apprenticeship is 9,000 hours, yep. which is about five years. Um, and yeah, these guys were eighth year. So three years into their apprenticeship, they got registered, right? Just because of the ratio. Okay. Um, so so now that they've changed the ratio, it's gotten a lot better. What is it now? It's one th- so one to three. One to so three, one, was, yeah, yeah, one journeyman, two, okay. three apprentice. But then you guys had 20 and there was four there. Yeah, so uh, I'm not going to name no, any no, names. No, 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 but I mean, like, they probably <laughs> needed the workforce, but yes. they needed to also the leadership to yeah. help the workforce. This is the problem, is, like, this is a common thing among a lot of companies. This is not just the company I no, work I for. This is a trade problem, an industry problem. Do you so, think, Nico, yeah. that most new trades are, I'm assuming electrical is probably the top of the list. That's what most people are choosing to get into. Choosing to get into. It seems like that. It's got to be the top three. It has to be it electrical, like plumbing, that. or HVAC. But I think HVAC, you got so many tickets, so it's harder. Yeah. And then, so it's, I guess it's a competition between electrical and plumbing. And I just, I get the sense that electrical probably has more people going into it. Right. Trying yeah. it out for the first, right? It seems like that. But I, I still think that the demand for electricians is especially high. Uh, especially like where we're going, you know, if we want to electrify the future, quote unquote. We could talk about that. <laughs> Toronto's not a leader uh, uh, when it comes to electrifying the world or whatever. No. It's, it's, uh, it's, um, you might as well change the spelling of that, you know, city to brown. Like it's just going to be brownouts, yeah. right? But that's a whole other Absolutely. conversation. I wanted to ask yeah. you about um, out of that 20, did you see a fall off rate? Like, were people just saying, I've had enough For of this? For sure, yeah. How much of do you think, like, what was a percent? Not that the 20 specific or that company specific, but for every new person that was coming into the trade, uh, and you have a group of them, all of a sudden, there's a percentage of them that oh, are not sticking with it. There's lots of turnover. I would say over 50%. That much, huh? I'd say over 50%. There was a lot of guys uh, that we hired and let go, like, within six months see this is my argument with any kind of government programs is that we're all hot to trot to get the numbers in there to Mm -hmm. get as many people starting the trade and getting going but nobody ever discusses how many are leaving yeah i need to know like how many are leaving because if we're not keeping them in the trade then that's a bigger problem than trying to get them in the trade Mm. yeah and that's the thing right i think a lot of people 
leave because it's just not what they expected at first. And uh, I mean, this is like any industry. Like if you're in, you know, finance or, you know, going to med school, you got to do your time, right? Like there's, uh, there's going to be a few years where you're just essentially a laborer on site. Like you think that, you know, a lot of people think they're going to go on site, uh, start their apprenticeship as an electrician and they're going to start wiring panels and stuff, right? It's not how it it works, right? Especially, you know, there's a lot of dangers, right? You don't want to wire something incorrectly and then you have, you know. Well, I'm not an electrical. I don't touch it. Like, I can't stand it. Were you ready when you wrote, when you got licensed? Were you ready? Did you have enough of an education and experience on site to say that I'm confident enough to actually take this next step to get licensed? You were ready. Yeah, I felt felt competent enough to write the exam for sure. Um, Like I said, I I got lucky. I got pushed around to a lot of different, uh, to do a lot of different kinds of work. Uh, you know, s- some people don't get the same experience. Like some people have to do the same old plugs and switches all the way up. But you were building, given that task. And then all of a sudden, for some whatever reason, maybe it was a conversation you were having with site supers or foremans or whatever. And you were like going, well, I'd like to try this or I'd like to try that. You were speaking up. Yeah, I definitely spoke up. Okay. It, it's definitely something that you have to do. Right? Okay. You got to speak up for yourself. Uh, but um, yeah, I think... Um, I think sometimes it just depends, right? Like it just depends on what, what kind of work is needed. And because we're so short on laborers, right? Like apprentices, it's like you only have so many people. So you can only, you can only do so much. You can only give them so much work, right? Like some guys are really good at doing one thing and they just stick them to that one thing because they think if they're going to move them around, then they're going to be a lot slower in I another area. somebody else and then right? we don't get the production exactly. going That's on. Exactly. You got but to it, retrain. It, it concerns me about, I, and I'm not saying that this is happening, but I, I'm just assuming that it might be where maybe there's a little bit of fast tracking going on where certain flight foremans are like, go over there and take care of that next step. Even though you yeah. haven't been educated or shown or absolutely, walked through, absolutely. go ahead and take, and that's just a risk. Like that's yeah. a dangerous risk to yeah. take on a site. Right. And this is the problem is I think there's a, also a bit of a disconnect, right. Between, you know, there's the business side of things. There's the get it done, get the building done and meet the deadlines. And there's also like, okay, you have apprentices that need to learn. Um, and you need to take some time if you want to, you know, raise a good, uh, solid electrician. Or and keep them. Keep them yeah, in the Yeah, and industry. keep them too. Exactly. Right? And that's the thing. Like, if you're with a good uh, foreman or you have a good boss that wants to teach you, the apprentice will stay with you. Of like, course they will. They're going to be more loyal to you. Because Your foreman's going to want to grow. The, the business is going to want to grow. They're yeah. going to want to expand. That means there's opportunity for all these apprentices. But yes. they want to see that too without it being verbally shared, right? Absolutely, yeah. That's yeah. interesting. But I, 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 get, I get the sense that you're... You get a. That's where I go back to the fall off rate, where I'm trying to see how many people are not sticking with it. Maybe it's like there's that one big question at the very beginning where you have to decide on what trade you want to come into. And like you said, maybe it's not what I expected what it was all about. So then I'm going to go and try another trade. But yeah. I mean, I think at some point getting into one trade, you're going to get a very good sense of what the industry is about. And then you mm-hmm. also get a very good sense, depending on who guides you, on what the trade is about. 
right? Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, and, and that is part of the issue, I think, why uh, I've seen so many apprentices come and go is because they didn't get the experience they were hoping for, right? They didn't get the boss that took the time and showed them how to do things properly. And so, yeah, it's not only that, but I think that a lot of people come in, especially with, you know, electrical, they come in with a mentality that, you know, it's easy work, like you're just going to be wiring uh, plugs and, you know, it's, you know, light work, basically, it's right? Not, it's, it's not, not like, really light work. I mean, there's a lot of complications, yeah, so right? There is. I mean, but this is with any kind of trade, like you got to move material around. Yeah. Like there's, there is physically demanding on your body, right? I think that's one of the, the things that people are maybe a little bit surprised when they get into the trade. They start. Well, you guys are, I mean, are you guys at any given time when you're being trained, whether it, it depends on the stage, it doesn't matter. It could be pre, it could be apprentice, it could be uh, finally getting to an employment uh, that you like. Yeah. Are you conscious of the numbers? Like, are you guys as a younger generation relating to what materials costing, time is costing, the business operation costing? Is that a part of the equation when you guys are being trained? Uh, I think it depends on the company you work for. If it's a smaller company, absolutely, like they're going to let you know okay, that gonna, yeah. this material is worth something, right? You don't want to waste it. Um, but a lot of bigger companies, uh, you know, it's just they got money. Right now, especially like the condo industry, there's a lot of money going around and, you know, people are spending millions and millions, right? It's, uh, you know, there, there's not as much uh, importance on placed on, you know, material, saving material here and there. It's more about getting the job done on time, right? I would love to see a, a banker box of a specific condo tower, high-rise build, and yes. literally every line item of costs and profitability. Because I yeah. would love to see what, what I call the above the line, the executives that are selling the projects, development costs and oh, the yeah. big wigs, right? And then yeah. I would love to see all the smaller numbers, basically the workforce right. and what those numbers are all like. Because, I mean, you're getting on a job site and sure, plugs cost this, switches cost that, running this costs all that stuff. Yeah. And then multiply that for every trade. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I still get the sense that you guys are underpaid. All the workforce itself, yeah. The workforce absolutely. itself is underpaid yeah. in relation to the profits associated with the executives that are doing the development. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I yeah. get it that if we don't develop this property and we don't approve it and we don't get the bio, uh, uh, committee and all that crap, we don't get it, then the workforce has no work. So without right. us, you guys are not here. So we should yes. be compensated a lot more. But I would just love to see, because I'm assuming there's a discrepancy between these two numbers where it's not really fair that there should be mm -hmm. more given to the workforce and less given to the upper management, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, this is something I know is happening, yeah, especially like in, in the industry, right? Um, where companies will charge uh, high rates for licensed uh, workers, yeah. right? Um, but yet we have 20 apprentices on the site that are getting paid like, you know, more than minimum wage, but it's not like they're getting paid $50 an hour, right? It's like 
$20. And then I so I'm assuming with the apprentices you get no benefits whatsoever. With the apprentices you you get benefits. Oh, you get some benefits. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. All you right. get benefits. Um, depending See, on what company you work for, obviously, like there's some companies that have benefit packages. And See, I go back to the right, banker's box where it's like, okay, let's keep all these apprentices because yeah. we're only billing out this much, which means that it goes back to, there's different tiers, right? So you've got the workforce, then you've got the business that's a subcontractor that's handling the workforce. Right. And that subcontractor is being hired by the four, you know, whatever, the supervising company and so on and so on and so on. But people mm -hmm. are taking pieces of the pie all the way up to the very top. And then yeah. we're left with crumbs for the workforce, which is not really fair. I think my mindset is you don't have a building without the workforce. So you should be fairly yeah. paying them, taking care of them. And it's in your best interest to just grow that workforce too, which means that apprentices shouldn't be plateauing out and having a bunch of them on site because they, their cost to ratio is far less. So we Absolutely. make more money as a business. Yeah. 100%. I know it's not going to make me friends or whatever, right? but I mean, that's how... It's almost like you get someone saying, shut up, Manny. This is how the industry is. Just accept it. You want to get in, yeah. you got to pay your dues. Whether it's five years to get your license or it's eight years to get your license, you got to just still pay your dues. But I want to grow the workforce and I want to keep it because I'm pretty sure those three years, there's probably even a higher fall off rate than 50% because they're like, I've had enough. Yeah. I'm gone. I'm out of here. Yeah. I can go get a job as a plumber. I can go get a job as someplace else. I can get an office job. Yeah. And then, yeah. then now we, we all lose because that person's not a part of the industry anymore. Right, for sure. Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, the compensation part, I think it also depends on uh, what area of construction you're in. I know, you know, I, I know some guys that are working residential who make, you know, quite a bit less hourly than what, you know, commercial. You or talking track or are you talking custom resi? Um, Subdivision? Both. Really? Yeah, I know. Yeah, subdivision, I'm assuming they'd make a little bit less, but uh, yeah, peanuts. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, all, all repetitive work. Pretty easy to put, slap one of those together, but... Um, since 2015, Groove has been built off the foundation of experience, innovation, and the continued desire to evolve how work is done even after the trade has mastered it. The people at Groove have more than 40 years of experience in the drywall and construction industry. Their commitment to both the growth of the company and the individuals Groove simply calls clients is unparalleled. Their mission is to empower builders, designers, and architects with the freedom to build on their designs, to encompass creativity in all of their projects without sacrificing quality, efficiency, or affordability. They accomplish this by providing production-focused solutions and design workflows that allow builders to overcome their construction limitations through drywall. They see drywall in a different way. Innovate, inspiration, integrity. Groove Industries. Check out Groove Industries at www.grooveind.com and on social at grooveind and reach out to them on their email orders at grooveind.com or steve at grooveind.com and andre j at grooveind.com and also their phone number is 416-629-3756 yeah i know i know depending on what part of the industry you're in like obviously high rise right now there's a lot of demand um there's I not think, enough people yeah and there's not enough people so i think the wages are a little bit fair in some areas, a little bit more fair in some areas than others. Um, You're talking about like, I guess, downtown Toronto versus outside of downtown? You're getting yeah, there's more? that for sure. Okay. For sure. Yeah. And, and this is another thing, right? Like I, most of the guys I work with come from outside 
of Toronto. Okay. I know guys from I know I knew a guy that came from Grimsby and was commuting to uh, you know just to Mimico like every day. Whoa, you know that's is literally across pretty much across the. Well, he's the spending lake right there. ninety minutes either way, like easily yeah. an hour to ninety minutes either way. Oh, more, yeah. Wow, it's insane. Morning and you know yeah. after work, depending on what time hour. in the morning he would, t- and then right. yeah, the rush hour for sure. Even it's if he brutal. was leaving at two in the afternoon, he's still stuck in traffic for yeah. a big chunk of change. But that just goes to show, right? Like the discrepancy and you know, you know, people getting there's not not as much work outside of the city as there is, and definitely the pay is a little bit different. So you get a lot of uh, people coming to Toronto just for uh, higher wages. What's your, I mean, now that you've achieved this, are you already starting to think of what you're going to be doing for the next five years? Yeah, I definitely, definitely conversations going on there. Yeah. Conversations. I want to get my master's license. Okay. Um, That's going to allow me to pull permits and own a business if I want to go that route. Have that option. You're not looking to go down that road just yet? Not just yet. I mean, I have to wait till I have my master's license. So, in order to get my master's license, uh, ba- essentially you have to wait uh, three years from the point you got your Red Seal okay. license okay. Uh, to challenge the exam, get your master's license. So it's a pretty long process, right? It's like five years just to get your Red Seal and then another three years to get your master's. I mean, it, it makes sense, though. You don't want... You don't any, want to rush. You don't want to rush, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, that's uh, something that I'm definitely going to pursue. And there's lots of options. Uh, one thing that attracted me originally about uh, trade, uh, electrical in specific, is, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, I could go off, become an inspector if I wanted to. Yep. I could go the teacher route, yep. become a trade school teacher, or I could own a business become a foreman you know there's lots of options out there and uh i'm definitely you know at the point where i'm considering these options i think uh i i also was thinking you know teacher would be a cool opportunity this part of my one of my favorite things about the job is teaching the new apprentices i really like um spending time with them and showing them how it's done the proper way are you in the back (laughs) of your head thinking was i like that Oh, yeah. I know I was like that, you know. I, I definitely made tons of funny mistakes. You know, the classic, like, crawling in an attic and then your foot goes through the ceiling. We've all done that. We've all done that. I, I made that mistake once and uh, I learned from it. So thank you. Take a photo, post it, and leave it. That's yeah, it. And exactly. do the drywall repair. Make a friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're just giving work to the other trades, right? They should thank you for it. That's all it is. You're not the first, won't be the last. Yeah, no, yeah. totally. Um, and I, I wanted to ask you about um, do most people on the job site, on the commercial high rise, do they have that entrepreneur mindset or they like the idea of working for somebody, a big corporation where it's like, I've got steady pay for the next 30 years. I've got, I'll have a healthy pension by the end of this. Um, I, I, I don't know because I get the sense that maybe a lot of guys, they want to do this for the training aspect of it. I'm learning quite a bit, but I want to take it to my own business. And then like you just said, I've, uh, I've got options after this, right? Yeah. They're not lifers, right? Like most of them that are on the high rise, are they lifers? I think a lot of them are really. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right now the, Money's not bad, and 
people are secure income. Secured. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. they've got a nice secure job. At least, you know, there there's work in the industry in the next ten years there's work in the pipeline, right? Um Toronto keeps on growing. But uh yeah, I think I think a lot of people are lifers, more than you would expect. Really? But uh and, and it's also the fact that, you know, people get comfortable at a job, right? It's yeah, it's do. not easy to make that decision and say, Hey, I'm gonna quit my nice cushy job right now <laughs> and uh you know start my own business and struggle for three years four years you know however take long it takes to invest it's a risk what it's i've risk. saved up for future yeah. but now i'm like let me take this risk and yeah but that's that you're investing in yourself right it's a different kind of investment i'd love to find out um are you paying attention to the other trades in the building side of construction even though you're an electrician, you're going in there, you're part of a mm-hmm. workforce, you've got your task, your scope, but yeah. are you still paying attention to how the structure was built, how plumbing is being run, how insulation is being done, drywall is being done, fixtures being installed? Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Like you're, so you're paying attention to all that. You're, you're making mental notes. Are you engaging yeah. with other traits and going... Can I ask you a question kind of? Oh, yeah. Ask okay, all right. All because I just assume a lot so, of the younger trades would be a little intimidated about, I have to just survive my own trade in my own yeah, circle, yeah. but now I got to get into the pack of wolves that belongs to other trades, right? Right, yeah. No, I think uh, there's a lot to learn on yeah. the job site, right? Like, um, I mean, especially since I've been going through my own renovations, like, this is really important knowledge. Like I, I use it at home. So, you know, learning, you know, tips and tricks, how to tape drywall joints. And there's, there's so much out there, right? All the plumbing. Um, yeah. There's, there's just an infinite amount of, so you might knowledge. as well, you're in like, you're almost like in a library. Yeah. You might as well just like open up the books and speak to every single person and ask them a question. Yeah. Like, what's absolutely. the worst they're going to do? Just tell you to fuck off and get out of here? Like maybe right. they will. Maybe some of those bad apples will. Yeah. But you'll <laughs> find someone and be like, oh, well, who's this kid? And why is this yeah. kid asking me all these questions? I will. Maybe that guy's just motivated. The kid's interested in expanding his knowledge, which is what you should be doing on a yeah. job site, right? Absolutely. There's there's the bad apple out there. But I think that most, most tradespeople take pride in their work. Yeah. And if you go out and ask them, make the effort and ask them and take interest in what they're doing. Um, I think they'd be, you know, happy to talk to you and share some knowledge. Yeah, they'll totally share it, right? Yeah, absolutely. People are mostly pretty friendly. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming, right? Especially as an apprentice, you're kind of like, oh, like everyone's like, you know, especially if you start young, like all these big men, like... You know, bumps and bruises, scars and on bruises, them. You're like, what, is, what the hell did you go through? Absolutely. Right. Like, yeah. I don't want to go through what you went through. <laughs> Tell me what you went through so I can avoid it. Um, mm-hmm. Are you looking at the high rise because you're, you're working on your own place, which is residential. Yeah. Home. And then all of a sudden you look at the high rise and it's like, are you they're so small and they're boxes. And oh, yeah. Like they're bad. No, not only is it small, but just the way they're built, the way they line, like lay it out. Design? Uh, the layout, yeah, the layout, like tiny bedrooms, like just meeting code, right? They're doing the bare minimum. This is like affordable housing, right? So yeah. They're, so they're just trying to slap these boxes up and get as many people, um, you know, in a house or in a condo, right? Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Some of the work I see, like 
just you know baseboards that are made of mdf like just brutal nailed on or glued on no they're glued on because it's all metal studs or how are they applying that? um no they they'll nail okay baseboards. um okay. yeah but you know it's that like just the sloppy craftsmanship you know i i see a lot of uh hack work on well, you're, these, you're on going these in condos. on the finishing stage too right so you're are you not yeah yeah so you're we're you, in all stages yeah, yeah you're so putting you're putting the final wall plates right like it's, yeah yes yeah, so yeah. and the fixtures whatever fixtures they are or recess trims or whatever so you're yeah. you're getting an opportunity to see how and you also start at the very beginning where you're at doing the, the rough beginning yeah I so see you, it all. you you see yeah. the evolution of it and it's kind of i guess just disappointing that this is what this is what's being sold yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. A little box for over $700,000, right? And even if it was cheaper, I'd still would be like, I don't get it. Like, why does it have to be built no. this badly? It could be built better, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, of course, people are just trying to save. Companies are trying to save pennies here and there. And it all adds up for sure. It's a unit number. It's like 300 yes, units in this tower, exactly. 300 units That's in that it. tower. It's like That's it. if we save 100 bucks off each one, start doing the math. Yeah, it guys, all adds up. This is what makes yeah. our business survive, right? Yes. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that that's just part of the business. You learn those lessons, and then you just accept it, and you you, you take it. That's all it is, right? Yeah, for sure. You, uh, I try not to turn a blind eye to it. I mean, I definitely notice, you know, the the work that's being done, but it is a little bit surprising. How is uh, PPE with the new kids? Is it very strong? Everyone's conscious uh, of it. I think it's it's getting better for okay. sure. Um, I do remember starting off, like, hearing stories of guys smoking cigarettes in attics and just, like, absolute brutal for your lungs and um, not taking care of their own health, right? Um, and, you know, the safety squints, all that kind of stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, I think uh, you know, people are getting better. I still think it could be better, you know? People don't take their health as seriously as they should that's for sure uh just you know just on friday actually uh at the site i work at there was this guy uh grinding this column because concrete column because they they uh poured the column a little too far out so they this guy had to grind uh about one to two inches of concrete off this about 20 foot column, 20 foot tall column, right? So the amount of dust this guy was making. Wasn't it was, not attached to a vacuum? Or, I guess no, he couldn't, right? nothing. So like I get downstairs. This is a fr at the end of the day on a Friday. This guy's grinding and it's right next to where we all meet up, you know, before we all, we all meet up, make sure everyone comes down and safe and you know ready to go home. Yeah. End of the day. And... It's just dust everywhere, hanging in the air. And, like, I talked to the guy, and he obviously doesn't... He doesn't understand. I think there's... Some people just don't understand the long-term effects, uh, effects of... Did he have a respirator on? No, no respirator. There were two guys. So, I think the one guy that was doing the grinding up close, he had a respirator. The other guy, no respirator. But he was in the same He's in room. the plume. He's in the same area. Like And no vacuum. No, no vacuum. Like there were two guys, so you would think like, you know, get a hose or something at least, you know. 
And but then also the workforce around them too. Like there's nobody's normally you got trades that are working, they wouldn't be needing to wear a respirator. But yeah. in that environment, you would have to wear a respirator. You would have to, yeah. But then nobody, nobody spoke up. Say, foreman, anybody? Nobody spoke up and said, "Listen, man." Yeah, oh, I did. Yeah, I went to the supervisors. I told them about it. But you know, Friday afternoon, yeah, they're all it's all done. You know, the for smoke the day. Will dissipate. And they're like, "Yeah, oh, you have to work there. Are you sure you have to work there? Like, you could work somewhere else." I mean, sure, but was uh, it a square column or round column? A square column. And he was yeah. just, he had to slice off an inch and a half to two yeah. inches. Yeah. This is the kind of stuff that goes on. And like, you you don't see it, you know, when, if you're a, you know, a condo owner and you just see the finished product, it looks all nice, but the, the shit that goes on I behind can, the I scenes can see, is I, I would love, crazy. I haven't been in a condo during construction in a long time. I'd love to yeah. just get on a site and just walk around, take every single stage, go at the very yeah. beginning, like go floor by floor because it, it gets built as it goes, right? So yeah. you, it's, you could totally get a sense of how it's rough by all the trades, how it's assembled during mid, and then all of a sudden how it's mm. finished by all the trades, right? Yes. And you'd totally be able to see that, okay, we there was a fuck up here, there was a fuck up here. Yeah. But I guess you got a lot of people not being given the right direction of what exactly is supposed to be done. So maybe they don't have the answer to the question. So then they just do the work because they have to deliver that scope on that specific day to move it along to the next trade. Right. And Absolutely. that's how we get yeah. mismanaged projects. Right. Yeah, for sure. Which is a shame. Yeah. Don't miss it on huge savings. Visit goiguide.com slash shop and use promo code TCL podcast to get deep discounts on an iGuide system. Everyone loves swag and I love giving it away. So if you're listening and you're interested in learning more about iGuide, shoot me an email, rjohnston at planetar.com or a message on LinkedIn and I'll send you free swag just for saying hello. I've got free t-shirts and toques and I can't wait to give them away. I've also got special offers for TCL listeners, so it's worth your time to reach out. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, all, it's all a big push right now that just trying to get... My concern is... When I was your age back in Toronto, when I started seeing just the beginnings of all these condo towers going up in Toronto, yeah, that would have been when like Toronto's city line was all about business high rise, right? There was right. hardly yeah. any condos, and the condos that yeah. were there were maybe ones that were along the Queen's Key and along the lake area, right? Mm -hmm. Now it's like it's just condos everywhere, and you can't even see building towers anymore. Like it's just right. you know, completely engulfed with all these condo towers. Yeah, yeah. My concern is like, what is the state of these condos going to be like twenty years from now? Yeah, who knows, right? Like, um, I mean, New York is a little further ahead of us. You know, there's some big metropolitan cities that are kind of going through it right now. Um, something that's very interesting, though, I, I read an article the other day about. Uh, all these office towers, right? Right after COVID, you know, a lot of people started emptied working out. from home, yeah. office towers emptied out. And so now we got to figure out what we're going to do with all this space. Um, and so like in New York, they're doing this right now in Manhattan. They're renovating these towers to, uh, you know, turn them into condo residential. Units, residential. Um, so it's, it's very interesting. I think that could be a lot of the work that we see in the future um there are some challenges though it's you know the fact that the office buildings have generally a wider uh footprint 
a bigger, larger footprint. Yeah. It's a little bit less convenient to fit smaller, affordable housing, right? Affordable condo units all around the outside, right? Because, you know, a dwelling unit needs so much light, right? So you can't just put a dwelling unit in the middle where there's no light. So they're running into these problems. Not only that, but... Uh, it's all the plumbing, right? Like you're the, gonna Swiss gonna cheese that to, entire building. Oh yeah, upsize all the drains, all the supply. Because everything office wise was always just designed as a kitchenette. It was never designed as a kitchen, and definitely, unless you're certain towers that are certain businesses at certain levels, you might have executive suites that have three piece, four piece showers, right? Right, right. Those, but those are far and few. Yes. I think, yeah, you're going to Swiss cheese the shit out of that structure, which starts bringing in an engineer. Yeah. Because you're right. Like, you're, it's a bigger footprint. So yeah. the first logical move is cut it up into four squares so each unit would get yes. a corner. So you get enough light coming into the unit. But now you've got to get accessibility from the elevator and stairs and entrance into each of the units. Yeah. But now you've got to lay out two-bedroom, kitchen, that yeah. whole thing. And you're like, you're going to literally chop up every single concrete floor, which... It's going to be, I I could see it happening, but I could see it happening on a premium level. Yes. Kind of how they started converting churches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? All of a sudden, nobody's going to church. So then there was a church in every single neighborhood. And everyone's like, let's rip the roof off and let's make them loft and uh, all kinds of this used to be a church. And then, and I'm like, this is great. But then it was always sold as a premium. It was never sold as an affordable structure. Yes. And that's what's going to happen to you. I could totally see that happening here. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean that's what's happening. Like the article I I read, they were talking about um yeah, the premium costs of everything, right? Like doing these retrofit jobs, all the renovations is not easy. You come into a lot of problems, not just the plumbing and the layout, but you know, all the structural aspects of the building, right? Like you said, making Swiss cheese in the building, you're compromising the structure. Do you ever um you ever read the wording on certain buildings that are coming soon? Yeah, and, coming soon. And they start listing all the many building benefits. All the amenities. Like, well, not so much the amenities, but like, you know, the efficiency of it and the building sustainability uh, of it right. and all these things. And you're like thinking it's like, but that's how all buildings should be built. <laughs> like that's my yeah. mindset when I read these marketing yeah. tag and they're using these key words, right? Right. It's, it's, it kind of bugs me. It's like you walk into the grocery store and then there's a health food section. And mm. you're like, isn't the grocery store supposed to be all health food? <laughs> so why do we have a section? So it's like marketing-wise and building, you're like, we're going to have this and we're going to have this, like triple glaze, and we're going to be like completely mm. sealed and weatherproof and all this crap. And you're like, this should just be a standard because yeah. these buildings will fall apart in 20 years and you're going to have homeowners of these dwellings, their maintenance fees are going to be through the roof. Like they're already yes. yeah. like two and a half. Like they're, I think they're one and a half average is one and a half of what your mortgage is paying. Absolutely. Some of the maintenance fees are absolutely ridiculous. And yes, because these buildings are just slapped up, right? Like after 10, 20 years, the building, you know, they're not built sustainably. No, no, no. They're built for the short term. And this is, this goes back to the disconnect, right? You have the, you know, the owner, building owner who wants to just get the, get the building built as quick as possible on a dime. And then you have, you know, a housing crisis, you know, people need to live in these places and for the long term, right? It's not just a short term. Uh, it's almost like the people that are 
securing the buildings to be built are thinking short term. Yeah. Short but the people that are building the buildings want to desperately think long term. Yes. But they're not being compensated to think long term. Yeah, absolutely. Because they'll lose their job or they'll be reprimanded. Like, you can't take this much time to do this. So then you have this much time, get it done. And it's not like every tradesperson is a phenom where all of a sudden they're amazing right out of the gate doing the job so they can be that efficient. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way, right? Yeah. And maybe part of this goes back to the labor shortage, right? If you only have apprentices and maybe a few licensed guys on your team, how much you know? Good quality work can you, you do? Won't. You're really trying to just do the mer- bare minimum and uh, get the work done. Is what I see. When you got started, Nico, and you were started navigating online about where to get the information, was it easy for you to find the information? Like to 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 discover OYAP and 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 navigate through that to discover you know what you were required for an apprenticeship program and then mm-hmm. also get into as a journey and find like was it easy for you to basically use the digital platforms that we have or do we need more of those to help the younger generation easily navigate through this yeah i think for me it was kind of it was a little easier for me going through the OYAP program um, I started there and from, from there I got kind of taken care of, you know, like the teachers set us up with the co-op and okay. work and, uh, throughout the apprenticeship, it's you, um, sorry, man, I don't even know why no. they're doing all kinds of, but hopefully <laughs> well, they're the not going to hear it too know. much. No, don't worry. The mics are usually pretty good on us, but yeah, they're doing some work outside there in the hall. Right. So, yeah. That's right. I think they're electricians. They're electricians. <laughs> they're shipping <laughs> doors. Like they're, they're fixing shipping. mag locks and stuff like that. Uh, There's a bunch of problems with these mag locks. Fixing so they're, all their mistakes. They're fixing. So sorry. Yeah. So it's just. Um, so you were lucky enough that the OEAP kind of guided you in. A, in yeah, the it kind of right guided direction. me. I kind of got streamlined into the right direction. But uh, yeah, I, I see a lot of. I see a lot more um, talk about you know trades, the need for apprentices. Um, it is true though like a lot of people that are interested in getting into the trade getting an apprenticeship aren't sure where to start off and i have had many people ask me like so how'd you start like at least you know like a handful like maybe five seven people asked me last year just how do how do i get started like what's the best place to go they don't know i think a lot of people are interested in trying and starting that apprenticeship, but uh, they're not sure where to start. So, I mean, I have my opinion where, you know, where the best place would be to start. I think uh, there's, there's a lot of options, right? So for pre-apprenticeship programs, you have Ontario Youth Apprenticeship, OYAP, yeah. which is great. I highly recommend. I think you have to be under the age of 25 to be eligible, though. Okay. There's something there. And then... There's the college route. You can do it, yep. you know, pay for a two-year program. I think the government is also subsidizing yep. a lot of 
college programs right now. There's a lot of programs. And even for business owners, there's a lot of, like, people should be looking into, even business owners can actually start Mm -hmm. setting up schools in their own business. Yeah, I actually heard about this on one of your podcast episodes. So that's happening as well, which is great. you got to jump through a a few hoops to get it. But there's some people that have been on the show, plumbing side, that that, that are working on that and building it, which is great. Yeah. Uh, That's helping out. So you get the messaging. I guess with the kids, it's almost like they got to navigate through some of the construction noise where... You get politicians using the sound bites to benefit. And I've always argued the fact that we don't need to hear people say we need more homes. We need to hear people say we need more labor. Mm, absolutely. So why don't we just focus on the labor? Yeah. Because that will get us to homes. Yes. But they're not focusing on the labor as much as they're focusing on the sound bites about we need more homes. Yeah, not as much. Uh, not as much for sure. But I do see, you know, more of uh more interest in the trades i know there's a lot of uh a lot of talk out there about uh, you know trying to get kids into the trades and um get that uh, like it, it's a viable career option right a lot of people kind of think okay i can go into the trades that's like the last option for me but i i think the how is the that still a stigma? Is, like, I don't I know. It's like, still a, it's a last option. You're not talented enough to do anything else. And I was like, yeah, it's first of all, have you even tried trades? Like, do you have even the capacity to absorb the knowledge that's associated with a trade? Oh yeah. So it's, it's so like, don't start learning. saying or having a conversation saying that it's a last resort because I mean, the amount of times that I met and I continue to hear about, a lot of homeowners today don't even know how to use a drill. Don't even know how to yeah. hang a pitcher. Yeah. Don't have no idea how to patch a hole in the wall. Like yeah. you guys don't have the skills, right? So yeah. it's like we have a whole workforce that has these skills and they do it really well. Absolutely. So have a little bit more respect for them yeah. and what they bring to the table. There's like generations of knowledge that yeah. have been passed down, right? Uh, yeah, there's so much to learn. And it's all very practical like knowledge right like if you have a house and you need to fix you know plumbing issue or a drywall patch then think about your own rental how much money yeah. you're gonna and i've done it, i did this all the time yeah. the amount of money that you'd save absolutely just from yeah. the knowledge you absorb from the people you work with yeah right now especially like it's <laughs> not cheap to hire no i know people I- to do work on your house you know yeah so so yeah i i think as an apprentice, it's great to do the pre-apprenticeship program, go that route. Gives you a good idea of the trade. But I think that getting the hands-on experience is, is more important. the best. I don't think you can beat that. Because what happens if you spend a year, two years, if you pay to go to school, and then by the end of it, you're like, oh, you know what? I don't actually like this work. It happens. It totally happens a lot. It happens. It's not for everybody. But I think that right now especially, um, you know, the workers sort of have the upper hand, if I can say that. Okay. Um, They have an advantage, right? A lot of employers are desperate for people to hire, right? They need employees. And I think right now is an easy time to get into the trades directly. You know, it's not always going to be like this. I think at some point, you know, the the industry might slow down and 
you will you will be required to go do a pre-apprenticeship program right now it's like the perfect time just find a job site walk on with your tools and boots and you know a hard right attitude someone will take you on right attitude be interested in learning you know ask questions and uh, show up on time (laughs) contractors it's time to empower your business with shelter tech implementation Shelter is offering a free meeting to tackle your biggest pain points head on. Their goal, to develop a custom company app that's built just for you, solving your pain points, streamlining your processes, making your workday smoother. Here's the scoop. There's a $15,000 digital adoption grant available, and Shelter is an expert at helping you secure it. This isn't just funding. It's your stepping stone into a new era of digital efficiency. By your second meeting, you'll get a tailor-made company playbook a software prototype designed with your input, project tracking, real-time budget management, and daily logs, all integrated into a single app. It's tech that works for you, not the other way around. Shelta isn't just offering tech, they're offering transformation. Join the community of 93 subcontractors who have already stepped up their game with Shelta Tech. Two meetings, countless opportunities, ready to make a move? Visit shelta.app. Let's pave the way to smarter, tech-driven future, shelter technology, custom tech solutions for the modern contractor. Would it, would it benefit you, uh, because I've mentioned this on the show before, where I'd love the government to start a program where it's like mentor and apprentice, right? So you get you get older trades that are out of the game or close to getting out of the game. And instead of that one to three ratio for a journey, yeah. you also include a mentor. And that mentor's job is basically to guide those three. Mm. And because we've got a whole workforce that is doing nothing and mm. they want to still be on a job site, but they don't want to be doing the work, yeah. but they have all the yeah. knowledge in there. Right. Yeah. So I think that there should be a government program that pays these older trades yeah. to guide these younger trades the right yes. way and not be frustrated and not like razz them and not do all that crap, but literally right. just guide them on like, okay, you've chosen electrical. This yeah. is what I'm going to talk to you guys about. And they're basically just three little cub bears with mama bear kind of thing. Yeah. And they're just hanging out with this person five days a week. And they're learning so much more that I think that that will just retain these kids. They will not leave. More kids will hear about it. They'll want to be a part of it. I want to find a mentor now. I want to find a mentor because they'll guide you the right way, right? Yeah. You know, I think it's it's actually happening on the job site right now. I see, I know some guys that you know they're supposed to or they were planning to retire you know a few years ago but they stuck around because the company wanted them to teach the younger guys the the new generation so they see the value in that and they see the value in that yeah absolutely so i think it's already happening which is great yeah it's a great idea yeah. But I just want more money from the government to give the, the trade search, right? <laughs> so much money is taken away yeah. from the trades, right? Between, you know, WSIB and then once you, if you ever get into a business ownership part of it, things, you're going to start to see a lot of money insurance. go out the door and you're like, yeah, all your insurances and everything. You'd be like, holy cow, all how am I making? Add up. Yeah, Absolutely. right? Yeah. Would you, um, what does, uh, there was uh, another point here that you brought up. Yeah. Oh, you know what? That's interesting. What are your thoughts on the future of trades? Future trades, yeah. I you've think got you've got like five, six years of realistic trade experience now, getting through the into the industry and then having yeah. the ex- industry. You must have an opinion about what the future of this industry is all about. 
yeah, I think we're going to see some changes, not only like on the smaller scale, you have, you know, technological changes. There's people are starting to use a lot of CAD drawings to draft their uh, their blueprints, right? Not, not as much using, you know, the, a lot of foremans used to use uh, a blueprint like piece of paper and just draw yep. everything right yeah. by hand. And now it's all done by computer. Um, there's like, VR glass. Have you seen that? I, I went to whole- Ideal for electrical, and they have a VR training for electricians. Okay, so there's a training, but have you seen the VR glasses where basically it lays out the whole mechanical system for the building, like all the so you're HVAC walking the plumbing. In, you're, you're walking, walking in, in on the floor on the floor before work starts. Exactly, and you throw on the goggles, and you're seeing exactly where everything's supposed you to go. You can see the future, how things are going to get laid out. It's amazing. Wow. Right. So there's, there's some cool stuff. Te- technologically, there's cool stuff like that. How would that, that work? So you're standing yeah. there and someone else is going to mark it on the actual floor? How would it work? Um, there's more. It's more about seeing the finished product, like how everything's going to be laid out. So, you know, if you if you're a plumber and you need to run your drain this way, then you can see, oh, there's going to be a duct there. Like maybe I'll. Or vice versa, you know, I think. So everyone's going to be walking around with VR goggles and just doing their job. I don't know, it's a little bit out there, a little bit futuristic. No, but I can see uh, that happening. Like, it kind of makes sense, right? Absolutely. And then that's when the younger generation is going to embrace that technology. They're going to see, like, this is totally cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, the company I work for, they had a guy go around and teach all, you know, most of the foremans are a little bit older, um, not as technologically savvy oh. as some of the younger guys. Anyways, yeah. I know one of the guys who's super good at AutoCAD, like take some courses. And uh, so he, he actually, his job was just to teach the foremans how to draft, you know, on AutoCAD. Right. Um, so yeah, there's some changes in that sense. Uh, but I also see, you know, like I mean, I, I don't want to bring it up again, but electrifying the future, right? Like there's a lot of electric vehicle chargers being installed. Like it's going to happen, right? And the all the infrastructure that needs to be updated for that. Uh, you know, uh, an electric vehicle charger draws a lot of current. And if you only have a 100 amp panel, you might need to upgrade that, right? So well, there's... As far as I know, you can't have an electric vehicle charger if you keep your panel 100 amp. Yeah, you need to upgrade. You have to upgrade yeah. it, right? So there's going to be a lot of these issues, right? A lot of a lot of work in that sense. Um, yeah. I mean, Which is going to be like, uh, I want clients to understand that, okay, listen, uh, it technically it's a free market. You can buy whatever kind of vehicle you want. Mm-hmm. You want to go internal combustion? Do that. You want to go EV? Then do that. It's fine. Yeah. But don't listen to government pushing certain agendas when they're not letting you know about all the costs because Mm. you go through this and you'll know this right you want to upgrade you want to go from 100 to 200 amp and you want to get it prepared for whether it's an ev or if it's for a pool or if it's for whatever right hot tub um you might have to replace the meter base 
Yes. That's an extra fee for the material plus the install of the, of the electrician doing the yeah, work. You're upgrading you might have cables. to upgrade the conduit because it's only yeah. an inch or inch and a half or whatever. It has to be two inch, inch for you to run it, right? So it's like, sure, you can say, well, the government will give you X amount in rebates to do this EV, but electrician will get on site and the conditions are so poor that we have to upgrade everything. Yes. And then that's going to be just more costs associated with it. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, hidden costs yeah. that you're not expecting, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, it is the way we're heading. Like you, have you heard about the EV plants in, in, oh, Windsor I know a few right people now. that are working there Yeah, and I'm still upset that it's being built by taxpayers dollars Yeah, because it's benefiting Chrysler. Ah, uh, yeah. It's a Chrysler plant. It's a right. Chrysler battery plant. Yeah. But at the same respect that they're building this state of the art EV plant, battery plant, you're getting people not buying or wanting as many EVs. As, yeah. The so like Ford can't get rid of their EVs now. You're stockpiling EVs now. So it's like, mm. sure, Chrysler wants to get into the game, but when the market is not buying it and there's problems, and we're in a country like Canada, out west, man, minus, it was like two weeks ago, it was minus 30, right? Yeah. Like that's going to affect the charge. I don't care which battery it is. Yeah, it's true. So now you're having to charge longer which yeah. consumes power, and now you have to... Yeah, yeah. The technology is getting better, though. Motors are getting more efficient. And they batteries. are, but you know what? If all this time and effort and talk and political agenda was focused on the internal combustible engine, we could make that more much re more efficient, and we yeah. wouldn't be consuming as much fuel at that point. Yeah. And there's also the whole argument. I don't know why people still don't talk about hydrogen. Mm. hydrogen was a viable option 10 20 years ago whatever it was the germans were doing it bmw was doing it and it was working really well but the yeah. government at the time didn't want to create the infrastructure for all the uh connections for the hydrogen and i'm like spitting out water was yeah. not that, that makes more sense to me but <laughs> yeah for sure no i get it but i mean toronto's bad whenever i go downtown toronto i see all the above ground subways streetcars yeah right for europeans trams or whatever like Toronto's a bad city for preaching the future mm. because they've done such a bad job of the past. You know what I'm saying? Like it took 50 years to get our first subway line. That was yeah. 50 years of government <laughs> talking about what we should do. You had yeah, bigger cities that were near us, like New York and and, and Chicago, yes. that are already building all the subways. Way they ahead had, of us. Yeah. Way back when labor rates were reasonable. Way back when you had a huge mm. amount of workforce, immigrants coming in, wanting to work. They yeah. needed to work. And then Toronto was like spending 50 years just peddling the political agenda. Should we do this? Should we do that? And what do we get today? What's our subway line like? Crap. Oh, yeah. And then we get street Now we're cars. waiting on the LRT. LRT is still waiting years. on. And then you got streetcars that the roadways now have to be ripped up every what? Eight, nine years, I think, or even less than. So you rip them all up again. And I'm like, why aren't you building these tracks to be less frequently ripped Permanent. up? Yeah. So it's like we're not leaders in this. So it's you can go the EV route. That's fine. It's great. Yeah. You want to have an EV lawnmower? That's fine. It's great. I'll keep my two-stroke. I'll keep my push-button start engine. I'll yeah. keep my motorcycle that's combustible. Like I'll just, I, I'd rather go that route. I don't want to be calculating math when I'm driving mm -hmm. of how far I got before I basically <laughs> die or I got to get off the highway to just yeah. drive on the side roads so that I'm not consuming it. I don't want to be doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. There, there's some limitations to this, right? But uh, yeah. And, and also there's other, you know, ways to go for, get that greener future, achieve uh, those goals. But 
uh, you know, some stuff like building houses properly with I was just gonna insulating say, how, and how about know? we build the home better? Yeah, and the amount of savings that we would have from yes. the the least amount of consumption of energy for sure. That makes Agreed. more sense to me instead Huge. of continuing building the crappy way that we are building yeah. and then trying to get more cleaner uh, energy. Yeah. So I just, uh, you know, I just started renovating my basement. I decided to go with uh, two inches uh, foam. Did uh, Would you do sheets, shiplap, and tape them? Yeah. Suprema, okay. XPS, yep. foam. Um, anyways, I... You know, uh, foam on the floors and on the walls. Before and after, a dramatic difference. Right now, I have the only thing I have heating my basement is the presence of a boiler system there. I don't even have like the heat running through the the radiant the radiant the floor lines. You're just and getting the ambient from the boiler itself. Ambient the from the boiler, and my basement is sitting Close at to. twenty degrees. Because That's what's the calculation, Nico? It's I think it's like sixty percent of your heat loss comes from the basement slab. The slab, yeah. Because from Earth, it's right? Surprising amount. So yeah. you stop that sixty percent loss. Yeah. You don't need to heat that area. Yeah, it's huge. Absolutely. So the house that you got was a boiler or was rads, right? No, originally it was forced, forced air. Forced air. Oh, so you actually yeah. changed it to rad to a boiler. Changed it to boiler. What are you system. doing on the upper floors? Yeah. Uh, it's so it's a bungalow. Okay. I have radiators on the upper floors basement is all in floor heating after repouring the slab so yeah i mean it's it's nice i gotta say the the boiler system the hydronic system having those radiators is pretty sweet like uh i never really i wasn't really able to wrap my head around the way uh the boiler system like the radiators give off heat Okay. You know, it's kind of a weird idea, but it heats up the objects in the room. It's a different kind of heat. Rather than forced air, you have hot air blowing yep. into the room, right? Um, with the radiators, it's a lot more comfortable. It's, you know. Healthier. Yeah, it's healthier. It's, it's nice. So then, say. like, why aren't we building subdivisions with boilers instead of rad, or instead of forced air? It's a good question. They're a lot more efficient, too, right? I would always choose a boiler over a forced air and in, in a heartbeat, but I would still yeah. require a forced air because you need AC. At yeah. some point during the summer, if you build the house properly, you will need a few days of AC on our extreme hots, right? Yes. And that's it. So you, you still need those. But yeah, there's my mindset is like there's better ways of building. That's far more important than they're trying to find cheaper ways of energy. Mm, yes. Yeah. Because I think you use less energy if you build it better. Right. Then so what do you think about heat pumps? Uh, we just had this on another. <laughs> I can't stand heat pumps. They're useless. I okay, we can't get into that. No, <laughs> like, do you agree with them? Do you think that. that they're beneficial? Like they work for a house? I think they're beneficial up to a certain point, right? Like, it, you know, the coldest, always a the coldest to, day yeah. in the winter, it won't, you know, uh, you know, it won't supply that demand load that you need. And at least in this climate. Maybe, you know, somewhere else in a warmer climate, it'll, it'll work well. But it's amazing they're pushing them so Toronto, hard in Quebec, hard. which Quebec is even colder than Ontario. The concrete, aggregates, and construction industry is always evolving. With an ever-changing industry, it's crucial to stay up to date on the latest technology and techniques. Come to the Canadian Concrete Expo to have your skills sharp and upgrade your knowledge to meet the needs of today's market. 
The Canadian Concrete Expo offers over 40 conference sessions, certification courses, stage presentations, and live large equipment demos all in one convenient location. February 14th and 15th at the International Centre in Toronto. If you haven't looked it up yet, go to CanadianConcreteExpo.com and sign up for your newsletter to get special show offers direct to your inbox. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm uh, I'm not against heat pumps. I think they're great. They're very efficient. And it's only the downside is that, yeah, you need some kind of supplemental heating. So... Where, what are you going to do, so like electric radiators? Systems. Are you doing or two systems? Like it are you going to do two systems? It gets a little bit complicated there. But, uh, yeah, that's why, you know, I stuck with the boiler And, and I know sustainability, like, you get the argument of you build the wall assembly better. Yeah. So you can literally use minimum amount of electrical heat. Yeah. And the problem I have electrical case. heat is that the air is drier, like, a mm. lot drier. Yes. So I go yeah. back to the health of the homeowner and the health of the home. You got that moisture coming out of that boiler heat. There's still mm. like the humidity level associated with a boiler is a lot far better than electric heat mm -hmm. and also forced air heat. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how about we pay attention to the health of the person that's inside the structure and what that's cause and effect doing to them. Right. Instead of just yeah. trying to say that this is the best way to do it. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like you, yeah, you and your like your dad and I, we've had to talk about the heat recovery stacks as well, too. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Like the plumbing stack. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which I, I, and I, I've seen the data. It works if it's right underneath the shower floor. It works. Right. Yeah. And then it's recir recirculates a shower right from the shower. Yeah. But from that point. But when the building code is telling that you can have it, I think it's up to 20, 21 or 22 feet away from, away the, from the shower. Yeah. You lose a lot of heat. Yeah. It's a lot of heat loss there. It's you don't have to efficient. blanket the whole run. Yeah. And then retain that and then blanket the research to come back. And I'm like, that doesn't serve any purpose at that point. How mm -hmm. about just get a more efficient hot water tank or do an on-demand mm -hmm. and you're saving money that way, right? That doesn't... But yeah, Absolutely. there's a bunch of like, I don't... Bottom line is I refuse to listen to any politician that has no on-site experience. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, There's that's a good point. Good There's point. an organization right now, Efficiency Canada, that is being run by, I would say, the oldest person's maybe early 30s. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm not just dismissing them on that fact. I'm just saying that there's not a lot of boots on the ground experience associated with all these people. Right. And I rather yeah. listen to someone that's been on the site that's going to, you know, experience this or built a, a dwelling from scratch and seen the cause and effect. That's how we learn. It's not how we learn. Absolutely, yeah. You, you, build, you build it, it. and then, even, okay, so take every trade. You yeah. can take all the top three trades, and the way you run wiring for panel or how yeah. you set up datas or you're setting up all kinds of accent lighting and stuff like that, it's sure. all by experience. And back in the early days, it would have been like guys were running fluorescent tubes for an accent lighting of strip lighting <laughs> with a plastic housing on it. Now mm. what is it? It's a 19 mil extrusion where it's like embedded mm. into the drywall. Yes, yeah. That's all by cause and effect experience. Same with plumbing, the way it's yeah. all designed. I disagree with, you know, if you have more than, what is it? And plumber's going to correct me on this. So I think it's something like mm. if you have more than five gallons of water coming out of your shower head, you have to upgrade to a three inch drain. Mm. And that's a commercial application. And I'm like, I disagree with that. You don't need a three inch drain to get that volume of water coming out of that shower and down the system. If you right. have it properly vented and put together, right? So you could have 17 gallons of water and it's not going to pool. It will never pool, right? Yes. But then the yeah. building code says this and I'm like, okay, fine. The lawyers are the ones that write building code, not mm. builders. 
Builders yeah. have a say in what the lawyers have written. Yeah. Because it has to be written by lawyers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It goes back to that trade knowledge, right? Gets passed I think down by generations. It's right? extremely valuable. And plus yeah. you guys, you guys are walking around the job site, figuring out the next real thing. Mm-hmm. I want to listen from you guys because you guys are seeing how a condo unit is being built. Yes. And, and let's say for, you know, they get the commercial units now and they start restructuring them and doing it. You're going to see how that's going to work. You're going to get engineers coming in here going, all right, fine. This slab was designed this way with this metal and we scanned it. This is all good. But now we have to chop it up now and we have to be careful about this. We have to be careful that that's like someone has to experience and do that. And you're going to see that. So you're going to have mm-hmm. a suggestion on the next office building that's being retroed into a residential. And you're going to be like, you know what? Couldn't we do this? Or I read an article from the Middle East that built a building similar to this and they did this. Couldn't we get our knowledge from other countries and other ideas instead of whatever the political agenda is of the day of the month? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's plenty of other countries that are doing Doing things far better than us. And that's why I say we are not leaders. Unfortunately, we are not. We're just being told to build it this way because this is what it is. So fine. Everyone could talk about heat pumps. Go ahead. Argument is like, okay, fine, they're more efficient. Great, wonderful. They can't, there's a lot of points attached to them not working fully on their own. So mm-hmm. if you're going to, we all know if you want to build the right system, it takes a few components, yep. right? And it's about the health of the home and the health of the homeowner inside the home. Mm, so yeah. there's the heat, a lot that goes into it, it right? a, a huge amount. And it's not just, you know, the heating system, it's like the ventilation system, right? Uh, just the general comfort of the home, you know, having that extra, like going back to that, putting up that layer of insulation feels a lot nicer in the house now. It's, uh, people you know, who less push humid. heat pumps, like government wise, I wait for them to speak. I let mm-hmm. them speak and they have yet to talk to me about wall assembly. Mm. And I'm like, it is a crucial, it is like a basic <laughs> fundamental basic. part of the house. Basic. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, protrusions in a home, yeah. windows, yeah. facing structure, geographically speaking. Right, yeah. Like, these are all things that should be talked about. Yes. And then at the very end, we feel, based on all this data, a heat pump is a good solution for this. <laughs> but they don't talk about all this data because they realize mm-hmm. that the heat pump's not the good solution for this. That a boiler and a mixed combo unit with for, a forced air for AC is the better solution right and then Mm -hmm. also a thicker wall assembly more insulation separation mechanicals Mm -hmm. going through one cavity not breaking the vp you know what i mean like there's like i want to have those conversations so if you're not having those conversations either you didn't read a book or you weren't on the site right and if those are two things that you are attached to your resume then i don't want to have this conversation with you yeah and and it's about having you know trades people that are competent and you know understand how the wall assembly works you know you have a vapor barrier you make penetrations in the vapor barrier you fix it you patch it up right what's the code tell you the code says that you're supposed to tape every single protrusion right that you make every screw hole technically speaking <laughs> and, and i don't know a single person who does that yeah too much tape right too much they, too expensive they, they think that the screw and the and the vapor barrier seals itself and so it's tight and yeah. Well, then a few years later, all of a sudden you start getting the ghosting in the walls with the drywall. Where's that coming from? Well, that means there's air coming into the structure. Mm-hmm. Well, where's the air coming from? From the, the holes that you made through these. Yeah. Honey, can we hang a picture here? Sure, we'll put a wall anchor here. We'll just break it right <laughs> break through. Break the barrier. <laughs> We've gone through this whole conversation about, so it's, 
okay, talk heat pumps, but I mean, go ahead and put it. I wouldn't put it. And I go back to, we have options in the market. Yeah. Lots like, of options. I'm sure that you're, you're probably all Milwaukee, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how I'm Kreskin. I'm Kreskin when it comes to all that, when all the trades is. But I mean, like, at some point you were introduced to that. Someone either was teaching you, tutoring you, mentoring you or whatever, and they, they were probably using it or you probably started using it and you started mm-hmm. like, well, oh, these are good drills. I like this. This is working for me. And then you mm-hmm. probably have a specific pouch and your, your, all your hand tools and all your screwdrivers, your, your whatever, your pliers, all that stuff, linesmen, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all being influenced too. It's great. But there's other versions of them too. Yeah, it's true. So we should have the option to choose what we want to choose. Like I drive a specific car because this is what I want to drive, whatever, right? Like I, we, I choose a specific phone. Like yeah. that's who I want to be. But I mean, I don't want anybody telling me when it comes to the home. How about we have the whole conversation? Yeah, I, I see where you're coming. I like right. the tool analogy. It's definitely like, um, for sure. You know, for example, like Klein, classic electrician's tool. But there are other tools out there, you know, Nipex, nice tool brand, you know, there's the different, German there's different, uh, you know, wire twisting brands. Yeah. There's like, absolutely. There's, there's a, but, but the thing is that everybody has their preference. They use it, which is great. Yeah. And then, you know what I mean? Like you probably have a bunch, yeah, you probably definitely have a bunch of packouts because you, you see it as being organized, but then you still got other tool brands. DeWalt has their T-Stack, whatever crap. And, you know, mm. Festool has their, their version sustainers and like everybody's got their version. So it's like, absolutely make yeah. it work. But don't, I don't think the government who's never had boots on the ground should be telling boots on the ground that this is the product that you should be using. Mm. Because yeah. I want to see the list of parliament members and all their homes and how many heat pumps are installed in those homes? Yeah, for sure. Nobody's ever talking about that because I don't yeah. think they have heat pumps in their homes no. because the homes are too big. Mm, <laughs> yeah, that is a good point. Like right? the capacity to heat the houses. So it doesn't like it doesn't pr- practice what you preach at that point, right? Which is right. what we're expecting from them. But that's a whole other discussion. Where yeah, like, they're yeah. not doing that. The bottom line is that we need more trades and we need to keep more trades. These are two big problems that are going on right now in the industry. I don't care about having the conversation. We need to build more homes. The cause and effect of having more trades and keeping trades is building more homes. Mm. You're going to have a workforce. It's like, give me the job. I'll do it. I want to work. Yeah. That's simple. So you'll get developers getting these projects approved. And now you have another project and another project. And you're right. We're not going to see a recession when it comes to the trades itself in general right? Mm-hmm. There's always going to be work and you have to just choose where you want to work at that point. Mm-hmm. But I want to see increases in wages. I want to see apprentices moving faster yeah. and getting to a certain point where they're now licensed because that's the objective of what you went in. Yeah, for you, sure. You went in to get to that goal. Yeah, get my license. And this is the other thing is like just taking the stigma out of the trades because I think that's a barrier for a lot of people. They don't want to get into the trade because of the stigma. So I think, you know, like what you're doing with this podcast Thanks. is great. Yeah. It's, you know, helping to take that stigma out of the trades. I would love to in my lifetime. Uh, this would be good to see a tradesperson walk off the job site during a muddy day yeah. and walk into Parliament Hill <laughs> with that money boots and leave that trail and speak about tradespeople and how important tradespeople are mm. to the entire nation and how this 
country doesn't get built without this group of people. Right. Tradespeople are the ones that are on the bridges at the high rises in this cold. You guys are in high rises when they're fully open. Oh, and, yeah. and the wind is harsher can get the bad. higher. Yes. It's nasty. Absolutely. I've been in those buildings before where it's like, this is just uncomfortable, right? Yeah. And you're working like middle of winter if it's snowing and rainy. Nope, if concrete's coming. It's not stopping. <laughs> it just keeps on going, it right? On so it's, 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 I, I'd, I'd love to see muddy boots just walk through that stupid green carpet yeah. and just leave those prints there and just go, listen, I'm here to speak the truth. Yeah. To let you guys all know. Well, people need to hear about it firsthand, right? Yeah. That's you need people with the practical experience that knows what's going on in the field to speak up. And that's what's Absolutely. gonna inspire other generations to get into the industry and go, listen, I wanna be a part of that. I yeah. wanna have something to do with that building that was built. I wanna have something to do with that company that's growing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to work with like-minded individuals that respect the trade and the industry just like I do, right? Yeah. I, I, totally. We're, you're going to meet the bad apples. Who gives a shit about the bad yeah. apples, right? They're there. Yeah, they're there. They have their anger issues whatever. for whatever reason. You know, maybe they're using DeWalt and they're an electrician. I don't fucking know. It's like they, they just have their own demons to fight, right? Yeah. But, but that's just part of it. Yeah. I wouldn't let it get to you. If you're getting into the trades, don't yeah. let it get if he calls you a name, who cares? So I don't give a shit about that. Yeah. Right? There's that whole part, but you know, we could also focus on the nice side of the trade. What too. did you like, learn today? You were here for eight hours, you learned, ten yeah, hours. You learn something new every day. I, I'm still learning every day. And, and yeah. you know, asking questions, other trades. There's always people to learn from. Um not only that, but you know, the community is nice. Like you you're working with other people to build this project, yeah. right? And by the end, it's it's gratifying. It's satisfying to see your work is, uh, you know, complete. And, you know, you did a nice job and on to the next one. Don't and ever forget. Back. Yeah, don't ever forget that at some point yep. there was a team here standing on ground, on soil. Yeah. And now you're on the 20th, 30th, yeah. 100th floor or whatever on concrete. It is, it is people, amazing. It's right? like, it seems like an impossible task, but year after year, month after month, you slowly get to that point, right? It's one floor at a time, one, you know, little piece at a time. It all gets, it all gets put together. The National Heavy Equipment Show is back and taking place April 11th and 12th at the International Center. You're invited to Canada's largest heavy equipment showcase with a massive display of equipment and service. Thousands of professionals come together from the nation's biggest industries, such as road building, infrastructure, landscaping, snow removal, and beyond. Watch one of the interactive demos or check out the gravel pit. A whole building full of aggregate, crushing, and screening equipment demos. The National Heavy Equipment Show, April 11th and 12th. Register online today for free with promo code NHES2005. Find full details online at nhes.ca and be sure to follow on facebook yeah it's, it's very satisfying i would love feeling. to see more of the younger trades and i think the older trades should do it too as well just like stop and smell the roses kind of mentality yeah and just realize that this was a pit at some point yeah this was just a sign saying coming soon yeah and now it's a structure with people moving in and families starting their first house could be their second dwelling or whatever right and it's just like you're providing building history for all these yes. people coming in these units, right? Yeah. It's nice to physically see your yeah. work being built, right? It's it's like, uh, you know, uh, working sales or something. It would be a very different 
kind of feeling, you know, you get that sale, but in the construction industry, it's, uh, you can see your, the progress firsthand, which is what I like, what I enjoy about, uh, or one of the many reasons that I like what I do. Yeah. Are you installing a heat pump in your house? No. <laughs> well, actually, sorry, I have a, a heat pump that does the AC. Yeah, so those those units make sense to me. Yes. Right? But as a standalone heat source, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I mean like is it just the supplemental heating? Like that's the that is the main issue, right? Yeah. With heat pumps. Yeah. In this climate, I think like if you're in Europe in a warmer climate, makes sense. They've been doing it for years. Yeah. It makes a lot more sense. But Canada? I agree with that. Yeah. It's, it's like definitely it's harder. Yeah, it's harder to to supply the, that heating load. I would love to start seeing, like, you ever catch this on social media where it's like, um, uh, this is the start of New York. This is what it was first called and all this other shit. Like, it was just dirt, right? Like, this yeah. was... Yeah, sure. Yeah, the before and after. And I, I see these kinds of things and, and what it's become, which is amazing, but it's taken so long to get to that point. Yes. But Canada is so vast. And it's like, why aren't we getting developers going, you know what, we can start a... New Toronto right here <laughs> and just start building there and getting people because we got so much land. And why yeah, does 80% yeah. of our population have to live right here in this little yeah. Ontario section? Of you got to start somewhere, right? Like that's the thing. Everyone wants to move to Toronto because it's already established. Right? For me now, the conversation wants to move away from Toronto. Yeah. Because just the core itself oh. has just gotten really, really bad, right? So expensive. And it's just like you can't afford a home. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, you know, the government is making it harder for people to move to Toronto. You know, there's a whole, it, there's a cap on um, on uh, foreign students, yeah. right? That they, was recently implemented. They just implemented that implemented. now. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there's also the fact that if you're uh, wanting to immigrate to the city, there's a whole point system. And this is something that I just learned about a few weeks ago, is that to immigrate to Toronto, you need, let's say, 500 points versus if you were to immigrate to, you know, Newfoundland, Nova Scotia, you would need less. And the point system is based off of your schooling, your age. Canada's trying to recruit a lot of younger people under 30 um because of that older population right but the um, other 30 can't afford the, the dwellings in toronto core yeah and this is the problem like it's the a, bare minimum of a toronto a dwelling as well like a, a bare basic minimum is like you're over a million easily 1.2 1.3 million yeah and that's not completely renovated that that requires work yeah i mean that's why a lot of i mean they're trying to move people out of the city i think the point system also uh, considers your education level and you know how wealthy you are. You know your family. Wow, I didn't know anything. Yeah, about this, yeah, it's interesting. They just so, started this. No, this, uh, as far as I know, this has been a thing for a while. Like, um, yeah. So, so a lot of people aren't moving into Toronto as much because they're increasing the points needed to move into the city. And they're trying to push people to move outside because uh, we can't keep up with the demand. 
And also there's like the whole foreign investments, right? Like there's that, and you know, the government's implementing certain rules. Like you can't, um, limiting short-term rentals, right? So yeah, they changed the whole they're doing, they're doing stuff. stuff. It's slow, you know, that's how it works, right? How about, it's how about process. the Toronto government who's being run by a puppet right now? Um, how about they focus on taking care of their $900 million debt? Yeah. Like, there's, there's, why don't we focus on that? Like, if you're a citizen and you had debt, would you be ignoring it and trying to figure out just other ways of, of doing stupid things? Or would you be focusing on that debt to get rid of it to move on further, right? Like, Toronto should be focusing on getting rid of their debt. Yeah. That's it. So figure out ways to do that, and um, that would be helpful. Yeah, for sure. But Toronto's not a think tank these days, right? Finish that LRT rail. Uh, it's not officially <laughs> open, right? No. And I, I love those construction jobs because um, you can just keep on charging more and charging more. Yeah, charging another invoice. There's a another disconnect invoice. again, right? And the amount of money that was wasted on that, and let's see what that's going to increase and how that's going to work, but I don't think it's going to work really well. I don't know why we're not pushing subways. Like, I don't understand why. With yeah, today's technology, absolutely. with tunneling yeah. and concrete companies that have amazing products that are prefabricated tunnels, mm. like, let's start digging, be, man. Yeah, we should be Digging ahead. and, dun like, tunneling through and just getting move like movement absolutely. under the ground, right? Yeah, I agree. The transit system in Toronto is it's the worst. so hard. And it yeah. just contributes to congestion on the vehicle side, right? Yeah. yeah. That's just a pain in the ass. Nico, I got to do the 12 questions. Ready for the 12 questions? Sure. Uh, what is your favorite construction word? Skyhook. It's <laughs> a good one. What is your least favorite tool? I'd say a chipping gun. Uh, hearing that noise and, you know, I'm a little bit scarred from, you know, days of working on a concrete jungle gym and doing my time having to chip <laughs> chip pipes and stuff like that it's not fun the the vibration you could feel it right now yeah right? <laughs> yeah i hate that tool the passion what construction sound do you love uh you know when you're cranking a ratchet oh yeah love that sound That's cool i like that one <laughs> what's your favorite beverage i would say as of lately uh like an authentic chai tea have you ever had like the authentic chai What's tea? What's the difference? No. Uh, you what know, like it, okay, the chai tea made in Tim Hortons is not the same. You wouldn't find me in Tim Hortons, okay? <laughs> no, you're not no, a Tim's guy. I'm not a Tim's guy. Starbucks. Not a Starbucks guy either. I'm a. I'm at home making. Make my it own at home. Yeah. Okay, respectable. That's me, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it tastes different. It's, it's just tasted. If it's a lot creamier consistency, uh, yeah, it it almost doesn't taste like. Your classic tea. What it's, brand uh, you do you try like, it out? What What brand do you use? I don't like. Uh, I'll be honest. My roommate is Indian, and chai is uh, Indian word meaning tea. Yeah, and so he'll make it for me, and it is like the best. It's fucking awesome, this is right? like my latest discovery. <laughs> so <laughs> I love a chai tea. Tell him to start packaging and start. Selling I know, it, right? Man. I'll send you a box. <laughs> oh, totally. I would love to try it out. Uh, what turns you on and off in construction? Turns me on, uh, you know, classic, when the customer is happy with your work and goes out of their way to compliment it. Uh, and then turns me off, definitely, 
you know, the lack of awareness, uh, safety on the job still, site. Huh? Still. Yeah, still. I, like I said, I think it's getting better, but I think still, you know, people don't you know, wear glasses. You know, there's we still got the safety squints and, yeah. uh, you know, people breathing in concrete dust that silica dust is, you know i don't think people understand like it's car it's not even like a, a drywall dust it's like drywall dust right? yeah guys are road zipping everything it's a, you know what it's hard to avoid it on the job but i think having the awareness is the first step right well it's a shame that certain companies came up with atmospheric scrubbers and they're mm. not lasting right so because they're, they've gotten so expensive and the filters have to be replaced so often that they just couldn't sustain it. So that, I guess the cost associated with it wasn't worth oh, it. Oh, that's interesting. I have not heard about it. No, there's that. lots of scrubber, like American scrubbing companies that had these products for residential projects. And it was literally just sucking all the air. No different than a blower door test. You're sucking, oh, okay. right? But now you're pulling right. But the thing is, as you pull yes. these particles out, you can't just shoot them out in the atmosphere outside of the dwelling. Yeah. Because yeah, then that becomes another issue for yes. neighbors, right? Absolutely. So you have to filter and capture it, which yeah. gets clogged fast so you have to change it more often but yeah. you're keeping a very clean environment on the job site now for the workers that are there right yeah but it's a shame yeah. that it, no one's really perfected that right maybe yeah. must needs to figure that out or something but <laughs> what's your favorite curse word um i would say uh Calis. It's a French curse word. <laughs> you know, like tabarnak, it's yeah. similar in a way. Is this similar? All, they're all church references. <laughs> it's a Quebecois thing. <laughs> What's your favorite vehicle in the entire world? Uh, see, I'm not I'm not a huge car guy. I would say my my Honda Civic that gets me to work and back. But Perfect. I do like I do like a Mazda Miata. I think they're the new one or the old one. The, oh, the old one, yeah. The new ones, I don't no, know. What the, the I don't old know what's going ones on are with. nice. Yeah, well built. You know, yeah. They were a reliable little roadster. Yeah, you know, top off, all good. Uh, what do you miss from your childhood? Just the community on the street. Like, I mean, I used to play road hockey with the neighbors all the time. No, like, you're it was not an everyday. To. You get arrested thing. if you play road hockey, right? <laughs> Stupid. Yeah, it's different. Why do people want to be physically active and? converse with other people having yeah. conversations yeah, it's it's different you know what like like when i grew up on the street uh it was i i think i was lucky to have the community and the neighbors we had we would do uh street parties every year it was a very close-knit community awesome. it was great yeah. awesome what profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day uh other than, you know, starting a business at, in the next uh, few years, I would say, I'd say, you know, teaching. I really, you know, like I said, it's something that I enjoy doing. I like teaching the next generation. Awesome. I find uh, pride in that. It's I could see that. I could totally see that. Yeah. What profession do you not want to do? You know the guy that cleans the porta potties <laughs> on site? <laughs> I feel so bad we for We need him. them. Yeah. It ain't going to be know. a robot one day. I don't think it's going to be an AI guy showing up or something. Maybe it might be, no. or maybe it'll be like just stacks or picks it yeah, up. Yeah, no, I, I respect those guys. It's hard. Much. It's hard. Last yeah. question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? It's a good one. I would, I would like God to say that I did a good job, you know, I, and that I impacted people's lives. I think if I, if I've done that, uh, 
I've lived a successful life. <laughs> Nico, it's good to see you, man. You're doing well. I love that yeah. we met when you were just starting out and trying to figure out what's yeah. going on. And then I just, whatever, I, I pointed you towards somebody and, and I go, here you go. I got to give my thanks, yeah. obviously, Manny. Thanks for you know no, inviting no me to your job site. Yeah. Um, I, I did it all the time. Was I was that told. Palmerson? Was that? That was on Palmerson? Euclid there. Euclid? Yeah. Okay, yeah, right, that right, was, yeah. Palmerson, so it was yeah. like, yeah. And your dad was on there and guiding me with, uh, with uh, just right. to do certain things and that. It was an older dwelling and there was lots of issues, of course. And then he just said, you know, here's some options. This is what we can do. This is great. Yeah. We can go this. And it was great. So it was educational for me. And then he brought you up and i said yeah. for sure come in here and just have a conversation with it whatever he wants to so yeah great experience i encourage anybody that has a business and any kids reach out to business owners and go listen mm -hmm. can i just come and shadow and just be on the site and i'll bring my hard hat i'll bring my safety boots yeah and I'll, like don't be intimidated yeah, right i'll sweep the floors i don't care it's just like Do just anything. pay attention to what's going on around you while you're sweeping so yep. no i'm glad and now you're licensed and you're going to go on your way to master and then probably get to teaching and yeah, convincing we'll see. others. We'll see, right? what, the we'll see what happens, man. But it's yeah. great to see you. Thanks so much for coming in and making the time to do it. Right? Yeah. Thanks for having me. Amazing podcast. <laughs> Thanks, <man. laughs> That's it. That's it. We're all done. All right. It's all over. It's all good, right? Great. Thanks, Nico. Angelina.